Uh, yeah, we're recording now. Aha. So, hey! Yeah. Hey again! <laughs> when we don't have that green and red light, we do struggle a little bit. Yes. We don't have that visual confirmation of... Uh, no, we don't. But stuff it doesn't working. matter. It, I can see yeah. it green and... We just have to trust technology now. I don't know whether I can. Even <laughs> after spending 40 years in it. Yes. We've got exciting things to talk about tonight. So let's first of all talk about our unusual whiskey that is difficult for people to taste. It is definitely difficult. This is rare. And anybody in the UK, I do not think you are going to be able to get a bottle of this anyway. Maybe in like a very specialist store at an incredible price. Before Brexit, they might have got a bottle. But <laughs> don't tease people with Brexit stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Oh. No. So we are we're going to drink a, a bottle of whiskey that was you literally had to bid for to get into the uh, into the raffle into the raffle, yeah. um, uh, and it was kind of semi expensive. So uh, we can take it from there. Um, but it's called the Devilish Spirit. <laughs> that's what the marketing says the, right. devilish, the devilish spirit, spirit. okay i'll give them a hint it is best of two worlds all the complexity and a, a, a duvelish spirit duvelish. duvelish spirit yes aged for 10 years mm. tell them about duvel moran well people probably know belgian as a country that likes to drink and produce beers that's just the people <laughs> yes, and the companies. Yes, yes. So Belgium is uh, is known for uh, for its beers, and one of its most uh, famous beers is the Duvel beer. Um, has a special glass, has a special look and feel, uh, instantly recognizable uh, for beer lovers. Um, a good beer, a heavy beer. It's the uh, it used like to be the, the world's strongest beer at one point, or one of the strongest. Oh, maybe yeah. it's ten point four percent or something. Let's just say that I can't drink five of these. That's true. Um, so it's not a pilsner; it's like a heavy beer, blonde beer, very delicious, very fruity. And a few years ago, they decided, why not make a whiskey? Make a whiskey. Well, there's a reason for it. They got to be a hundred and fifty years old, or a hundred years old, or a hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, they planned it to release uh, their first whiskey, yeah. All right. which uh, was rather special. Um, mm-hmm. where we tried to get a bottle and failed miserably. Yeah. Or I tried to get a mm-hmm. bottle and failed miserably. Uh, but uh, I got uh, hinted by a big friend who said, yes, I won the... Uh, Did you just thing. call her big? Oh, well... <laughs> no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, a good friend. No. Yes, yes. Better. Yes. Uh <laughs> She only comes up to my shoulder height, so no, she's no, definitely no, not no. big, okay. probably. But I got in there and uh, and uh, managed to persuade her to uh, pass, it, pass it to people that would appreciate the content. Exactly, exactly. So that's good. Yeah. So we're going to open this. We're not keeping it as an investment because I don't yeah. do stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we're going to taste that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, made from one of Belgium's most popular beers, I think. Yeah, and it's um, a very limited edition. It is. We, uh, I also think I mentioned I tasted a tealing whiskey that had been finished in Duvel beer barrels. Yeah, that me. was truly amazing. That's oh. also on my list to buy. Oh. So I really am looking forward to tasting this. It's uh, uh, it's in sherry casks, bourbon casks, and masala yeah. 
Sicilian masala casks. Mm, 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 mm. So and, and then, also then. Uh, the bottle just looks effing amazing. The box parts like doors. <laughs> yes, and then the bottle actually looks like if you have this. So as I said already, the beer has a special glass which makes it very recognizable and the bottle actually looks like a glass. I already posted a picture on Twitter, so if you can find me on Twitter, at Marijn Somers, uh, you will see a picture of that bottle, uh, which is very, very... very so we're cool. going to taste that later, so yes. that's very cool. Um, you were saying earlier on our first recording how you really get pumped up by the uh, theme tune. Yes. Five years on, though, it's time to change. Yes. So um, you will hear a lot of that over the next few weeks because we will be publishing nearly 10 podcasts next a week. A bunch, yes. A bunch. Yes. I did not know that. I know that you get a pod of whales and you get a pack of wolves. I didn't realize you got a bunch of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we need to come up with a good name of, for that, yes. Yeah, what do you call like, hmm. a clutter of podcasts? No. <laughs> Cacophony. A cacophony of a cacophony no. of podcasts. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. Because you get but, pod of whales, of course. Yeah, and a pod of podcasts. A pod uh, of yeah, podcasts that's, that's doesn't just work. Silly. Okay, no. There's uh, going to be a joke in there somewhere. We just can't think no, about it. No, exactly. Probably when I drive home later, I will probably go in the car like, oh, we should have said that. Yeah. So we we're going to uh, uh, launch a new theme tune. So there's a special edition uh, for Coreview who we are working with over the next week at European yes, SharePoint Conference. And then I repeat that that's the old name because they rebranded it to ESPC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's no longer European SharePoint Conference. It's now ESP Copilot. <laughs> yeah, because yes. it's got yeah, a okay. C in it. Yeah, exactly. And every C yeah. word is a oh, of course. copilot. Exactly. <laughs> you dirty copilot. Uh, yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deep joke. You may not Ooh. have worked that one out. That's good. All righty. Cool. Yes, and we've got some flack from our last podcast, apparently. Uh, yes. So apparently some people thought it was We were them. implying that Miss Silly might have been a lady of the night. Uh, yes. Miss Distilled. And or Miss Stilled. Miss Stilled. Yes. Yeah. And um, uh, we just want to say, in true movie style, that any association pe with people living <laughs> alive, uh, death, marriage in the past, or whatever, is purely coincidental. Exactly. Yes. So. Exactly. But people thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was good. The last part was good. Yep. So that's done. Yeah. So, um, so consequently, um, where can people see us at ESPC? Uh, we will be in the expo hall where all the sponsors are. Yep. And uh, you can't miss us because we will be right next to the food. Fine, we can give you indigestion while you're eating. <laughs> or we might give you a little taster to Ooh. as an appetizer. Yeah, maybe. Corview but, yes. are brilliant. All right. We love their products. Uh, we love their people. We've been planning this for two to three months. Mm -hmm. We're gonna we've got some great subjects around planning for governance and the way that uh, the Corview product helps you do that. Um, we have some uh, M365 distilled gifts on the stand, so uh, you need to come and see what that is. And we are doing a whiskey tasting or two. Yes. And there are very, very limited tickets available. Uh, yes. 
The only place you can get those tickets is actually on the stand. Yep. I'm going to need to mix this podcast down tomorrow morning, aren't I, and get it out there well before ESPC. Maybe, yeah. I think I need to do that. Oh, no. Okay. Well, no, we will be at the Corview booth for, uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Correct. We will be recording uh, a number of podcasts. We will be hosting a few um, um, whiskey tastings. Monday night and Tuesday um, night. So, yeah, come swing by, come listen to us, come have some shits and giggles. Hope um, so. While you eat your lunch or drink your water. There won't be able to hear us while we eat the lunch because there's no speakers allowed in no, uh, an sure. OPA. So they yeah. need to be around the, the booth or our, our seated area Yeah. in the VIP space on the core view stand. Check. Yeah. So that'd be cool. So that's going to be so, so exciting. Um, and if we are going, if I am going to get this mixed down and published tomorrow, he says, hopefully, then uh, you'll also be able to talk about uh, Lisbon. We'll tell you about when we come back because that collab days Lisbon Yay. is happening. So we've got it's a gonna very a... busy few days. Yeah, exactly. We're going to fly to Lisbon. We're going to fly to uh, Amsterdam, do our spiel there. And then, uh, yeah, then it's almost Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So, time to wind down. Or not. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or not. Or whatever. Anyway, so that's good. Um, yep. We've also got some guests just to finish off. Shirag is joining us. Yes. So, Shirag is going to come and give us a, a roundup uh, every morning on the stand uh, at about 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not the first day because there's nothing to talk about on the first day. Oh, no. Of course. Uh, but he's going to come and give us a roundup on what he's seen at the conference. So, he will be guesting as well. So, it's going to be exciting, exciting times. Yep. All good exactly. stuff. Yes. It's going to be awesome. All righty. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. And we also had uh, Microsoft Ignite. We did. Last week. Why is this time of year so freaking busy? I have no idea. Because we also had that MVP thing as well running. Um, the airlift uh, Airlift, thing. which yep. was pretty yep. cool. Mm-hmm. All right, then. So, what do you want to start off with on the Ignite stuff? We should have one or two items. Not that we do news. It's not our thing. No. But there were some things to get excited about. Um, That's the one. Yes, that was good <laughs> to get excited about. That new product. The well, um, I, I, I'll yes. start while you think about it. So, yeah. I saw some stuff on um, the video Ooh, service. Uh, Streams. Stream. Thank you very much indeed. So... Um, we used to have a lot of really cool things on the old stream service that hadn't come across on the new stream service. So the new stream service uh, has now started rolling them out and they're amazing. So being able to do live editing, um, being able to do automatic translation of your transcripts. So whatever language you want to see it in, uh, you can do it. You have to pay for it though. You know, you pay. Is this uh, going to be like one of those uh, Bruce Lee movies where the the mouth is moving <laughs> and you don't you don't hear any any oh, like something? No, I don't different. think the, the the text gets translated, but the sorry, the voice doesn't get translated, but the transcript text oh, gets translated. Okay. That makes more. So sense. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but the coolest thing is that um, you can play the videos anywhere, like loop. So you can throw them into emails, you can throw them into chats, you can throw them onto web pages, you can throw them, and you get all the same functionality in all those locations, mm-hmm. whether it's on uh, Engage or anything else. So kind of uh, Stream seems to have caught up with itself uh, in terms of, of where they're at. So that's all quite right. cool. And it's now fully integrated in ClipChamp as well. So uh, it was quite interesting about where you want to edit it and what tools you want to yeah. do. It was good. That's nice. I enjoyed that. All right. 
and everything gets a premium. Everything is a premium. Always was a premium in my book, you know, mm -hmm. but yes, now it gets a premium raise in license fees. Yes, so you used to be that if you had an E5 license that you would get everything. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. Only now when you get a... to E733. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so there's a Teams premium. Now we're getting a SharePoint premium, yep. which is just going to be Syntax renamed. and some AI stuff uh, mixed in there. I wonder um, whether it's going to be topics is going to hit that space. We were we heard some maybe, stuff around yeah. where mm -hmm. things were being split up on Viva and things, so maybe that's where that fits. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, uh, and that was to me very, um, how do you say that, interesting, is that I didn't hear anything about the Places application. No, seems to have gone a little quiet. Yeah. So Viva Places or Microsoft Places, whatever. I, I know that they're still working on it, so it's not dead or anything, but um, maybe there was just nothing to report. I don't no, know. that's true. I heard um, a, a lot of belly aching around some of the licensing stuff. Now everything's a little bit of this and a bit of extra for that and yeah. a few euros, euros here, extra for this. Two euros there. And, uh, and even the son of some of the people from Microsoft were saying they, they, have, they hear the pain. Please, you know, go and talk to your local sales guy and complain. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, they says we don't know whether there'll be an E7 license or an E8 license that will start to encompass all these mm -hmm. things. But it does seem logical that, that uh, E5 will not be the highest license that... Uh, no. But to be honest, like, for example, you've got, like, for Viva, also a, a five euro per month per user thing. Uh, okay. Yeah, they've so it it's kind of got to work it out. And, and we understand, let's be, don't, don't let's underestimate the amount of effort Microsoft need to put into this stuff. Oh, yeah. And we know what they paid for Copilot through uh, their investments and stuff. Yeah. Um, because I think that's public knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're a company at the end of the day, and it's going to be a brave new world in the next two years, big time. Oh, so. absolutely. Because talking about AI, I don't know if you've seen the news this week, and you were probably busy watching the Formula One in Las Vegas. I very was. That was brilliant, by the Apparently. way. Apparently. So I, awesome. I kind of need to see the recording of that. Yeah, but, yeah, do. It's um, very cool. I don't know if you heard about all that, but there was a whole thing about OpenAI where the, the founder was ousted and then everyone wanted to get him back, but then Microsoft snooped him away. And they're now putting him in charge of a new AI branch that is just being built within Microsoft. I... Um, I was driving home tonight thinking that because there was one or two funnies flying around where um, uh, I'll have to try and dig it out. Um, but it was a letter to the board members of GP, of, from, of AI, AI yeah. from ChatGPT that says, okay, guys, this is what you need to do. <laughs> and they, they're telling them they had to sack the founder and, and, nice. and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was some facilities kind of thing. Um, but as I was driving over, I was thinking, but surely Microsoft just nabbed him. I mean, oh, they, yeah. they bought his product. So yeah. you're actually telling me that Baller they did. Baller move. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Might even been conspiracy theory abound here. Might even been planned as such. Maybe. You know? Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Good. Yeah. So I bet he's back enjoying himself. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. The chat GPT is so freaking amazing. It's very it cool. Really, I mean, Dali 3 now is, is amazing. Sarah and I sat watched um, Toy Story 4 the other day oh yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. you know they we compared it to watching toy story one 
I mean, I was uh, in the US when that was being rendered, and I know what it was rendered on. Um, but by the time you get to that fourth edition of the movie, it is virtually impossible, you know, to actually spot real reality from, yeah, you know, absolutely. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but also, I'm 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 hearing all these very cool stories about AI technology. Uh, like um, one of the things that I was listening to earlier today on a, on, on on another podcast was that the the weather service. Uh, that you now get. So if you go online, you can find out what the weather is going to be tomorrow. Yeah, um, and it might even be right. Uh, yes, <laughs> at some point. Uh, those weather models, they're now being put together by supercomputers. So there are three big supercomputers, one in the US, one in Europe, one in Asia, and they build, they, they take hours of time uh, with hundreds of servers to build a kind of accurate model of what the weather is going to be. And uh, now there's another company that um, trained an AI to do this. So you just have to give them the data of wh what the weather is now and what the weather was six hours ago. And that will, within a minute, on a normal PC, so not on a supercomputer, within a minute give you a more accurate version of what the weather is going to be later um, than those big supercomputers. Truly amazing, isn't it? It's It's going to be very, very crazy in the next few years. Cool. So Rise glad. Rise of the machines. Of yes. Rise of the machines. All right. Good, good, good. All right. So let's get on to some real stuff because we've been rabbiting away, which is very unusual for us, not being so Never do you know, that. precise. And, no, right. absolutely not. Um, we touched last time around... Um, at the end of the podcast. At the end of the podcast. The tasting, yep. so where most of the people already blank out and zoom out and go away. We had a very interesting conversation about uh, opportunity costs. Opportunity costs, yeah. yes. And we've been having a lot of conversation about technical debt. So uh, we thought we'd just have a chat around this and do some research and have a look at it because we come across it all the time. Um, and some of the simplest things, because we're in an interesting position at the moment where you're project managing some work around cloud, Microsoft 365 and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm running the operations team. Yeah. <clears throat> so I end up picking up the technical debt that you create for me. <laughs> so my team has to manage whatever you create. Yes. So we have quite a lot of conversations yes. where I tend to say no. And for that, I kind of publicly apologize because I don't want to pick up that technical debt. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's so very, very easy to do. I know I'm just picking some of these out of order, oh, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. technical debt is something that can cripple an IT department or a team or a project because you start building all these team sites and, and, and you all put these complex special, permission strings. Yeah, all these special things you're building in. And yeah. you have to kind of really try and keep the, for example, the security model relaxed and not specific because that means every time somebody wants to change something in that specific area, they have to raise a ticket, you have to do some work. Mm -hmm. And because we do governance correctly and precisely, then it's not just doing the work, it's, so it's well also documented. updating the documentation and everything else that goes with it. So, <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Um, so that technical debt is very easy to do. So imagine yeah. you build somebody a, a solution, five or six or seven document libraries, a search page, whatever. <clears throat> and then they want some changes made to it, mm -hmm. and then some more changes, some more changes, taking away the ability for you to continue developing because you're having to maintain and manage that. Yeah. 
So uh, technical debt is a killer. Uh, it really is. So you're really trying to, uh, you need to assess that whenever you make a change on the system itself. Yeah. So, and, and actually the reason why we are talking about all these different debts and all these hidden costs that come into a, a um, yeah, an organization that kind of came from this uh, super interesting um, article that I read. So here you we go again. It. I didn't write it. No, no, no. I read it. Uh, it's an article by Greg Kilstrom um, Hi, on Greg. CMS Thank Wire. And it's called Change Management Challenges, Get Rid of Debt. Uh, it's a small little piece, but it's, I thought it was very insightful. Because when we are doing a project like rolling out Teams or rolling out OneDrive or whatever, we are always looking at, okay, what is it going to cost us to do this? We need a project manager. We need people to do this. We need people to do that. And that's all going to cost us a bunch of money. But there are also a bunch of hidden costs uh, associated with that. Agreed. And that's kind of where we um, were talking about last time about that opportunity cost. This, if we decide not to do something, yeah, that is also going to cost us money. If we decide not to go to OneDrive this year, but still uh, be with our file shares, then that is going to give us an opportunity cost because. If we were going to OneDrive, there would be all kinds of things that we would, that we could do that could drive the business forward. But because we didn't do it, um, we have a uh, and I, I wrote some things down on our magic uh, whiteboard. It's a potential foregone profit from missed opportunity. I love that. That sounds I like that. something out the Karma Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting when you think about this because it's all about value. It is and all about value. You're trying to get yes. value from your OneDrive and, and all of that moving to the cloud. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do it properly or if you don't put all the functionality out there or if you put in too much complexity, you don't get the value because it's costing you to run. And if you don't use some of the features on it, then, again, you miss the opportunity and therefore, it is a cost, or it's, a, it's about where the value does. Yes, exactly. Yes, you don't get the value. Yeah. Well, this whiteboard needs a name, other than Nobbo. Nobbo? Well, that's what it oh, says. Oh, yes, on that's the what it's it says on the, on the plate. So shall the we call nobbo. it Nobbo? No? Uh, no bow. <laughs> no bow. But, uh, but, oh. but actually, anybody that wants to see this whiteboard, it will be traveling with us to ESPC. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Assuming yeah. that we can put it on the uh, stand, uh, we will have it with us. So <laughs> the, the whiteboard that yeah. saved our bacon some years ago by allowing us to get a bit structured will join us. Yes, which we are very much now. Structured. We are, yes, yes. structured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the next thing we're going to talk about then? Because there's just <laughs> shit on this board here with no numbers or order. Uh, no, it's just like one, two, three, four, five different kinds of costs and, and debt that you might be in as tell an organization. Me, tell me about culture debt because that is intriguing. I'm guessing that's around the change stuff. Exactly. So culture debt is all about uh, change management. Uh, it's about... Um, not investing in your culture, uh, for example, not improving processes, not improving the way you work. It's 
kind of what we've always done and this is how we always work i always need to have my boss autograph uh, sign this before it can go out uh, it's all about diversity and inclusion it's about how you communicate within your organization how you work together within your organization but how does that cost you money um, because it might um, not enable you to do innovation at the speed you want to. Oh, okay. It might be about not being able to attract talent uh, to your organization that you want to. Okay, now that kind of makes sense, not being able to bring in the right functionality because you've not got people open to change or you've not exactly. got people yes. happy to sort of bring in yep. those things. Yeah. So culture debt. A lot of this is all very off glass, the glass half empty stuff, isn't it? So um, it's oh it's yes, all potential yes, stuff yeah. rather than physical bringing in low value product. It's all um, about missing it, the potential it, one it, way or the other. It's about missing the potential. It's about missing the value that yeah. you might have raised otherwise. I yeah. like that. I like that. C cultural debt. If you don't have continual improvement then you're not realizing the value of anything. Uh, yes, absolutely. Now, continuous improvement is, is an example of that. But yes, absolutely. You might get into an, an outdated organization that might not be able to play along in the world market. And now with AI coming, I can see that a culture or an organization that doesn't want to embrace AI might get left behind in the next few years I don't see how but then again I don't think any of us really see how this AI is going to drive that much change other than it be well, the risk with AI is that it's just a little toolkit a button that you remember to press if you remember to press it mm -hmm. you'll still end up creating a PowerPoint presentation the way you always did unless you in some way invoke that change um, true but AI might help you do it faster, better, if you more trust clearer, it. maybe if you as trust well. It. If you trust it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But maybe, so the, the, the example that I always use is that if I want to communicate something to a bunch of people these days, I'm al I always let ChatGPT rewrite it because the text that comes out is so much clearer that if I want to communicate something, it's... It, just brings a better message. Yeah, I better get it. Better than I, get I can it. write it. I get it. But that's interesting. Continue improvement. I like that. Cultural debt. Well, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Nice. Mm. All right. So that's um, technical debt and cultural debt covered. And opportunity costs. Opportunity costs are, import, are, are really comes to me more than anything else. It's so easy to say, let's not roll that out now because we don't have time to do it. Yeah, or let's, let's do that in phase two or yes. phase three and not do it today. I mean, that's mm -hmm. because we don't really try and ascertain why something has value in a particular space or a particular area. We just think it's we think about it in terms of the time it takes and, and the, the effort it takes. And the cost it takes to roll yeah. it out or to set it up, but not yeah. about the the value that it will bring. And if we wait six months, then we don't have that value in the next six months. It moves us into this kind of space about, um, we've talked about this before, experience level... Um, Agreements. Ag yeah, experience level agreement, whatever. Um, where you basically are saying, look, I can't really measure that, but if people are happier 
then you know everybody wins and yeah. it's kind of that fluffy touchy stuff so a lot of these debt areas they're not always that easy to measure but we are as an organization is becoming more aware of the things that are more quantifiable uh, the, yes. that are more qualitative yes. than quantifiable yeah you know so measurement is getting more and more important but yes. for example but it's also getting titchy feely it's not about six percent of these companies da, da 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 you can actually get away by saying the majority of or you know a quarter of the organization mm -hmm. or many of the organization feel this now yeah. and that's very much more acceptable than it was 10 years ago Yes, so like the Microsoft yearly, um, what's that document that they create oh, the work with Forrester? The, the work, the work uh, poll research yes, that, thing, exactly. that one. Yes. Yeah. I'm uh, glad yeah. we got that one leaked. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for example, that opportunity cost can also be, for example, in the project that we're working on today, we've got some legacy software yes. and we need to renew some of the contracts. Agreed. So we are now trying to move those things over into other services so that we don't have to pay for that legacy contract anymore. No, I get it. And I if we it. don't do that, if we say, oh, let's wait another year to roll out Teams or whatever, but we still have to pay for a year of that license, that's a real thing that we can measure. Agreed. Agreed. All right, cool. We've got quite a few on this list. There are a few on the list, yes. So one of the things that I also like, if we're talking about touchy-feely things, is that experience depth. Yeah. Because that ties into that experience level agreement. Experience depth is where um, your customer expects something or was promised something, and then when they get it, it's kind of meh, and it doesn't deliver the value that they think it will have. Or that will it, it doesn't give them the value that uh, that they actually need. So you're kind of fixing an expectation or setting yeah. an expectation, yeah. but not delivering it. Yes. So then you end up well, and you end up forever carrying that. Yeah, and also you lose you lose credibility. Yes. Uh, because you're saying, look, this is the tool where you, that we can use to collaborate together and da 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 and then we tie everything down because of security. You can't do this and you can't do that. And really? Then, I never have seen that before. Never, no. ever, ever. <laughs> so all the promises that you make, you can't make them um you make can't make them happen. And yeah, that's where people will lose interest in the product, in the platform. But I like also, the, the formula you got there, the customer expectation versus the value that they get out of yeah. it. Yeah. How can you change that? Oh, I think it's it's a two-way thing. So on the on the one way is the kind of over um over deliver under promise kind oh, of yeah, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um might work uh with this, but also you need to be sure of what you can deliver. I think that's also very uh, the important. value that it will yeah. return. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Then on the other hand, like um, working in, in agile ways and getting your customer involved from the start, um, I think that works as well. Um, that, that does good things for that as well. Yeah, cool, cool. All right. So we've covered technical debt, which we, we've covered. Uh, we all know technical debt. We, we all do. know those uh those quick fixes and and the shortcuts that we built uh the access databases that were created the shadow excel IT. macros 
Shadow ID, yeah. exactly. So, and then yeah. the cultural debt, which I really quite like, is something I will think about over the next two, three days. The idea that you're losing out simply because we are not putting enough effort into the change, which we don't do because we never see the value in it. Mm-hmm. But we're yep. creating some stuff. I like that. Absolutely. Opportunity yes. cost, which is what started all this off, mm-hmm. the potential that we don't get, and the, that experience debt. Yeah. So then we've got one more left uh, on the board, uh, which is the operational uh, debt, yeah. uh, which is um, so many unfinished tasks that we have and neglected uh, products, uh, projects um, that are still in the back of our minds. Oh, yeah, we still need to do that. Oh, yes, we kind of promised that we would do that two weeks ago. We still haven't... Uh, started this but now there's something more pressing that we need to do first and after six months oh yeah i know that we still promised to do that six months ago so it's still taking up mental room capacity into your head and into the business as well yes so for example i know uh with a customer that we have a list of of uh things that we need to do in our scrum list but we're not actively managing it so we are always putting more stuff on there and there's not enough that we can take out of there. The logic with an Agile, of course, is you take out the ones that are important, that feel right, that need to be done. Uh, yes, but that also leaves with the other ones that are just not that important but still need to be done. Do they? They just get left on there because there's always more pressing things. No, I don't disagree with that. I was thinking this more around... The definition of done and how you know you finish something. That's true. Because we, yes. we're focusing on that as well a little bit, that we've got all these great epics and descriptions as to where we're at, but mm-hmm. how do you know that it's finished and done? So you're at version one, you can then start on version two, yeah. uh, or you can start on something different, but you need to finish them off. Because if you have 10 items and they're all high-priority items, mm-hmm. so every time, every every sprint, you look at what you need to do in those things, but if you never actually finish them, you never get to the lower-level items. So yep, as you just true. said, you don't yep. get those things done yep. um, because of the ones that seem to be more fun or more priority. Yeah. yeah there, I love that there term are... you've got there, neg- neglected projects that haunt the business. Yes, that was from the... Uh... The, from article. the article at CMS Wire, and I just, I just love that. So I had to write that down uh, because I, I love that. That uh, haunts the business. You're right. They kind of float around. You know, it kind of needs to be done. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, I, like a, a very, um, a very real example is uh, there's a customer, and I need to set up the organizational asset library. And I know I talked with the intranet owner two months ago that we were going to do that. And I talked with the system engineer a month ago that we needed to do that. And then last week, I got the domain owner talking to me like, oh, uh, remember that we were going to set this up? Oh, it's not set up yet. No, it's not set up yet. We need to still do that. We need to talk about it and make it like, okay, we need to make an agreement because this is now taking up room in my head yes that i can't that's blocking do you do something things. else yeah so we need mental debt actually it's mental debt mental yes, debt well exactly. it's not i mean operational debt is that but there is that concept of mental debt yes where you know you can't sleep at night because you're trying to get, work out what your solutions are or you can't think 
clearly about something in higher priority because you don't have clarity in other areas. It's a there blocker. We go. We've got a, a new one. Blocker. A blocker. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So oh, that's cool. In the article, we had a number of debt and 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 costs uh, that we might have in an organization, and then uh, the article ended with. How can we now solve this? What, what it are, gave us an answer. What are the next things that we need to do? Um, and uh, the first thing that uh, this uh, person uh, wrote, and I think it's a good idea, is to first you need to assess where you are. And there are some maturity mo- models uh, out there that can give you like an insight of where you are with things. Like, for okay. example, on SharePoint or Microsoft 365, there's some maturity models on there as well. Oh, so things like the um, collaboration score. Yes, things like that. Uh, okay. But for culture, that might be a little different, but there are maturity models for those things as well. Yeah. Like where are we on the scale? Where do we want to go? Um, and then you want to uh, measure your progress on the one hand, um, but also um, communicate that. So you want to share your intentions. This is where we are today. Yep. This is where we want to go. Uh, so publicly, well, publicly within the organization, share your intentions, where you want to go, and then also share your progress. Because you'll be embarrassed if you've told them you're going to get there and you don't make it. So exactly. the idea is to try and drive you. Exactly. Yes. Yes. No, that's interesting. I quite like the maturity model. I like the collaboration scores, those kinds of things, um, because it does use quantifiable items the number of people doing this the number of people doing that and it also drives your change because you can say okay well if i've got 60 percent of the people doing that i can get 80 percent in a year or i can get 100 percent a year after so you get that consistent improvement process exactly yeah yeah that's right no that's pretty cool yes have we done the whole board we've done the whole board hidden costs right to it Hidden debt. Look at that. That's very cool. Does that mean we now get to drink this whiskey? Yes. <laughs> All right. I've Absolutely. got an empty glass. Who's doing that? Are you talking about it or am I doing talking about it? I'm more than happy to talk about it and I will give you the glass because I'm too afraid to drop the bottle. That's yes, okay. I will uh, just pull up the page that we found earlier with the notes and you can Yes, because this is this that. is brand new and it is super limited edition. And not that easy to get off and not that cheap as well. So um, <laughs> the doors go open. And uh, that's why there are not a lot of tasting notes uh, out there. But the bottle just looks freaking amazing. It looks like that glass of beer, but then upside down. Uh, there's a little um, golden colored uh, wrapper around it that kind of looks like the uh, foam that you would get on the glass. I'm kind of frightened to turn it upside down so it looks like a glass, though. Yes. I think it might leak out. But I, love the, I don't think I've seen a cork as impressive as this. That's a very impressive cork. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Cool. It's um, color. I love the color. The color is is. It's pretty dark. It's pretty autumn-like uh, dark. Uh, probably with the, the sherry and the uh, marsala uh, finish uh, that's on there. Uh, so the bottle is a little a little orb. I love that as well. 
So you you're looking very regal while holding that, like right. the orb, the orb and the scepter. It's sherry, sherry. You can smell that. All right, cool. I am looking forward to tasting this. Yeah. This is pretty impressive. I'm so glad I had this opportunity. This was only a new opportunity. I know you can't hear me. But no, nobody can hear you. But yes. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to uh, to pick this up. Yeah. Because uh, it's also it is one of my favorite distilleries, uh, my favorite breweries as well. Oh, righty, yeah, cool. Yes. Take a glass, my friend. This is a kind of dirty amber color, a kind of man's whiskey color. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's not one of those faint, uh, really golden... smoky things that we've been no, tasting. No, exactly. This is this is proper. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's the redness, isn't it? It's that red ambery kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know. It, it's I don't know. Dirty orange. I can't come up with an elegant name for the color, but <laughs> no. I don't think I need. I don't think it needs to have either, you know. Um, no, no, it's very cool. Oh, okay, Ooh. that's an interesting nose. It's a full-bodied smell, isn't it? Full-bodied nose. Absolutely. I was, I was just uh, swirling this around, and I'm seeing all these tears, these interesting tears that are. They're not fat tears, but they're very consistent and they're very. Hmm, okay. Well, what do we know about it? We know it's 10 years in the barrel. Yes. All right, so um, well, I'm expecting it to be relatively smooth, mm -hmm. um, and I'm expecting to be able to taste Duval beer in here somewhere. Yes, I kind of got a little whiff of that, but I might yeah. be wrong. That together with the, the stewed fruit that you get on a sherry cask whiskey. Yeah, yeah, you can get that. I mean, it's very sherry. You can when I open the yeah. bottle, you could sort of. Uh, but you also get quite a bit of an oakiness. That sort of uh, very yeah. baseline mm -hmm. on the nose. It's lovely. Oh, there's something else there. Some chestnuts. I, can I, I? I I'm kind of getting um, berries. Even raspberry, framboise. I don't get any... Very right subtle. Here. Lift the glass a little bit so you get it nearer to your nose. Mm. It's interesting. Mm. Yeah, okay. may come with a taste. Yeah, I know it's there. And once I've... Yeah. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going. Yep. Bring it on. So it's uh, it's not cask strength. It's 40-ish percent. 40%, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes sense. So it should be quite drinkable. It's very, very, very drinkable. Uh-oh. <laughs> he said with a big oh, smile on no, his face. No, this is very good. The finish oh. is amazing. The finish is amazing. So one, one of the things that describes it has here is spicy aromas of and vanilla and cloves, which is good. Uh, but the supplemented, the mouthfeel is fruity accents. It's an interesting word. And I know it's a translation that we're seeing here. because, But... It, but that finish is just really pleasant. You know it what is, it reminds me of? It's not too dark. No, it's not. It reminds me of that Australian one that we the tasted. Star the Star Wars. Mm. The, the closure on that. That kind of, oh, there's those strawberries or, or uh, raspberries. There again. is something fruity yeah. that comes back after 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I am, I'm, call me impressed. Yes. 
bloody hell, this is great. This is very, very good. For a primarily beer company mm -hmm. that worked out that they did a special whiskey and it sold like hotcakes, so they went, why don't we do another? Mm -hmm. I think they've done incredibly well. Absolutely. It's it's not limited in by this in any way, shape, or form. No, it's it's yeah, it's very nice. I expected orange, but I'm not getting that at all. Nope, no oranges um, here. And they talk about full flavors of cherry, apricot, raisins. I do get raisins. I do get absolutely. Yes. But that cloves, I think that's the cloves I'm getting on the nose. That kind of Christmassy. Hmm. No, I do get a little rye on there as well. Yeah. Some some dark bread. That's very, smells. very cool. And I was saying unusually as well, um, the master distiller with a Belgian name, because I can't honestly remember ever reading a Belgian name on a master distiller. Nope. So nope. Cedric Heymans, I know you listen to his podcast. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, uh, congratulations, my friend. This really is very, very nice. It's a good oily mouthfeel mm. as well. Um, enough complexity. Um, chewable, drinkable, enjoyable. Yeah. Good. Ticks all the boxes. It does very much. I'm going to save that there. I'm going to drop a little bit of water in that a bit later. Oh, I've actually got a little drop now. Oh, that's actually a good idea. I might have just drowned it. What I'm expecting to, is to see a lot more of the, um, to, to to get a lot more of those fruits out of it. Not strongly, but the subtle ones like the apricots and, uh, so it kills the nose as expected. It kills the nose and I get much more of that rye on the nose now. Interesting. Well, I don't think that there's any rye involved in this whiskey. No, there but, isn't. Uh, but I do get that dark bread uh, scent. Yeah. And you get it in the taste as well once you add the water. It actually kills the fruit. That's a shame. Mm. But that's all right. Maybe it I drowned it then. Not for me. Well, but it does get out that, that rye flavor. Yeah, the aromats. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is, I think, and rather no more than of rye. that oakiness. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Mm. Okay. Best there to enjoy without water. I think best enjoyed yeah. without water. Well, it's two different flavors, but I th but you're right. I think it has more depth without it. It tastes more like a bourbon with some water. The vanilla comes in a bit yeah. more, yeah. There you go. Well, that was a real treat. Mm -hmm. And I have the rest of it to drink. Yep, you do. I will wrap that up ready bon, for... Bon, bon. Uh, mm. Mm-hmm. Very, very pleasant. Well, that was cool. So, um, Duval, thank you very, very much. It's interesting that I know that they issued this for their 120th, whatever the, the number was. Something, yes. Which, but they planned enough. If this is 10 years old, we're only two years afterwards. So, mm -hmm. they must have put th thought about putting this whiskey together seven or eight years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, maybe the first edition was just eight years ago or seven years. Well, I heard bad things about the taste of the first edition. Me too, actually. That's right. So, I did. Yes. And that was. I didn't know what. I mean, this was a risk for me when I had the opportunity to take this of on. Course. I went. You know, I'm going to dive at it. 
Um, but uh, the look and feel, and and that is just amazing, and the taste that is, it's quite unique. And I also have to congratulate you with actually open up this bottle and drinking it because if i would have done that i would probably have resold that at double the value somewhere online but you decided to say screw that let's open it up and let's drink it because whiskey needs to be drank absolutely and not stored somewhere absolutely so that's pretty cool that's pretty cool. Anyway, so that was uh, our unusual whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, been an interesting day thinking about ha- hidden costs. Um, I'm not sure we've got anything that we would add to our after show here other than necessarily repeating it. Here's no. a question for you. Um, which is the easiest trap to fall into? Uh, technical debt, I think, and, and culture debt. Technical but then debt, again, I agree. operational debt might also be something that you could fall in when you don't have enough hands on stuff on, on deck. Technical debt you fall into because you never think about it. You think yes. about, I'm going to create these seven document libraries or 20 document libraries, each with unique permissions. So mm-hmm. I'm going to use SharePoint groups to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to be able to do whatever the requirement needs to be done. Yeah. So then you've got to create a content type, you, which is fine. Create the search page for it if that's what you're doing. But more important, you've then got to somehow um, do the different permissioning for it. And that means people that need to read it, people that edit it, owners, administrators yep. Yep. of those libraries. So as a service, you kind of have that entity there. But if you're not careful, you end up managing it. So you've either got to give it away or you've got to give it to the business. So set it up in a way that says, hey, you can manage this. That's something we'll be talking about next week on the Corview stand. I think that's a very good idea. But I think that that's one way of managing it. So consequently, you always think about the service you can deliver Mm -hmm. without necessarily thinking about the consequences. And I think you need to learn, we all need to learn about balancing that. So I think the easiest one of these to fall into is the technical debt, simply because we always want to try and encourage people to use it. And if somebody says, hey, I want to do this in SharePoint, you dive at it because you want more and more people using the app. And you've got to work out, you've got to think, okay, this is what I'm going to build. What is on the back end that I've now got to look after? And how can I manage that process so that it doesn't become a technical debt, it becomes some kind of value thing? And maybe also not enough pushback to the business. Like, is this really where you want to go to? True. Yeah. True. We had that conversation just recently as well mm-hmm. about, uh, but that's what the business want. Yeah, the problem is that I know what the business want. You know what the business want. The business tell you what they want. Mm-hmm. But from an operational perspective afterwards, I don't want to pick up what the, what debt is being associated with that. So we have to yeah. find smart solutions mm-hmm. that balance the value to the user and also reduces the amount of effort and, and operational cost. Complexity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So I guess that technical debt is probably the one for me. You said that you thought cultural debt was in there as well. Yes, because it easy gets to fall just into. so easy and, and it's something that you get into like little steps at a time. And suddenly, if you don't think about it, if you don't work at it, suddenly you're outdated. It takes me a little bit back to Barcelona. We spent two or three days live in Barcelona mm-hmm. talking about you know, um, how you measure 
change and how yeah. you measure uh, adoption. Um, and that, I think, is a key part of this. If you're not measuring the way you're improving and changing and moving forward, then you're not getting the value. And that's, again, when you fall into the fact that, well, I've told everybody, they've been trained on it, yeah. so they should just get on and done with it. But if they're not actually doing it, they're not getting the value, you're leaking yourself into opportunity costs. Oh, but um, absolutely. But, but there, there yeah. are so many, so many things that you could do wrong. Like, for example, having way too many meetings. Yes. Uh, that's something that falls into culture depth for me as well because we're just a culture we're an organization that does meetings yeah and if you don't work at it like have better meetings or have shorter meetings or have a meeting agenda these things then you will always have these bad meeting habits i think that's one of the things that we will look at changing when we do new teams roles out it's an yep. ideal opportunity because we've got the new meeting notes mm -hmm. on loop mm -hmm. um, and all that kind of additional functionality that is going to add value to the end user and also make them think a little bit about how to do those meetings and organizations when they get to new teams they've had teams around for a while yep. so you get an opportunity so here it is guys the golden nugget you know that you're going to roll out new teams with new functionality build in a whole bunch of cultural stuff Uh, around how to do meetings and how to do meetings well and decide whether you need a meeting. Yeah. So build, build that into the idea of having new teams mm -hmm. with that new functionality. So yeah. that's an opportunity for everybody. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, that was pretty cool. All righty. Well, I think we might have done. We're under an hour. We need to say something for another 10 minutes. Something profound. Oh, something... Uh, um, <laughs> um, Yeah, I think um, come and see us at Corview stand. Stand number? 61. 61. Next to the lunch. Eight away from ecstasy. Sorry. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. You're a bit slow today. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. All right. All right. Good. <clears throat> so if you're going to ESPC, come and uh, see us on the Corview stand. Stand number 61. Try and talk them into giving you an invite to the whiskey. I'm not sure what you have to do. Other than I think hold your breath for 22 seconds and stand on one leg. And that gets you into the whiskey tasting. Maybe. maybe you don't not. think no. so? Oh, all right then. All right. Maybe you just need to order 45 licenses. I think so. That, Something that like will that. probably help. That would help, yeah. yeah. But other than that, we really, really want to come and see you and look forward to it. We are going to do the podcast. We will be talking to the crowd. So now's your chance to get a shout out uh, on a podcast from Office 365 Distilled. Not Office 365 Distilled, M365 Distilled, yep. which I still haven't fixed. That's uh, fine. <laughs> we'll look at it. We'll get that done. All right. We hope you've enjoyed this. I think this is a great subject. Thank you for doing the research, Moraine. No problem. I, uh, I think that is a, a nice little subject. And um, we have got a busy 10 days ahead of us. Yes. Uh, but we really, really hope to see you. We're going to look forward to it. It's going to be fun. And, It's going to be um, Massive. <laughs> yes. Massive. I'm looking good I'm, word. I'm looking forward to all these crazy shenanigans. And we got some fancy place. clothes to wear as well. We do. Yeah. Yes. That'll be good fun. All right guys, so Sai Steve here signing off and uh wishing you a great weekend. And if you're in Lisbon, uh we'll see you in Lisbon and if not, uh then we won't, I guess. So yeah, ciao and bye. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye bye everyone.